0: Welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Three quarters of the people living in Central America are not fully vaccinated. In Guatemala, it's barely 5% of the population. Many experts and organizations are calling it a crisis. In the first part of today's show, you will hear from Patricia Robadello, the Executive Director of Horizons of Friendship. Horizons is a Coburg-based organization that has worked in Mexico and Central America for nearly 50 years. You will hear her paint a picture of what it is like and the challenges ahead. I'm so pleased to have with me today, Patricia Robadello, the Executive Director of Horizons of Friendship. Welcome to Consider This.
1: Thank you very much, Rob, for inviting me.
0: The Pan American Health Organization recently declared Latin America and the Caribbean as facing, quote, an avalanche of worsening health issues in the face of the pandemic. Can you tell us from the work Horizons does in Central America and Mexico what the situation on the ground is like?
1: Well, it's pretty dire. It was pretty bad a year ago. It increased in December, in in particularly in two countries who were, uh, beside the pandemic, they were hit by hurricane Aela and Yota in December. The two countries were uh, the the Atlantic coast of Nicaragua and uh, Honduras, and we have partners in, in Nicaragua who lost everything, including their offices. And in the rest of the region, the health issues were bad before the pandemic and poverty were increasing. And uh, with the pandemic, everything, it was a disaster. Uh, As you know, probably, Most of the people who live in Central America, particularly in Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, survive because of the informal, they work in the informal sector. Informal sector is a nice word to say I sell chiclets on the street or I sell tortillas on the street. I have to go out and stop cars in the middle of the road to sell something. Children, men and women work on that. And for example, in Honduras, 82% of the people work on that sector. In Guatemala, 79, and in El Salvador, 69. Then when the pandemic came, they couldn't go outside. Or if they go outside because they have to bring food to the family, they they got sick. And um, vaccination arrived this year, the vaccines arrived this year uh, in Central America around, around March. I know very well through Costa Rica and, and Panama, um, the levels of infection in the region were, are pretty bad. Um, it, yeah, the, the, the situation in, in, in general then uh, exacerbate poverty, violence against women and children because people were desperate for food for different things and well, affect mental health. And, uh, and we have a history of machismo in, in Central America and not just in Central America, from Mexico to Chile. And uh, these are the, 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 the violence against women and children is also part of the violence who was during that, uh, the, the war, the guerrillas and the war in Central, the civil war in Central America. And those wounds and those mental health problems never never went away. And there were no programs like a broad spread programs to, to rehabilitate people. After being in the war for so many years in Guatemala was forty years in the in the Nicaragua and El Salvador less time but it, very intense and yeah violence has been exacerbated uh, in the whole in the whole region violence and poverty but at the same time people are resilient and people have uh, ways to survive and ways to share with the neighbors etc and that is that is a, a hope that we see we see there when we talk with our partners
0: before we talk about that aspect of it can you tell us what it is the uptake has been on the vaccinations how much of the population has been vaccinated for this and in particular the areas that you serve where there is so much poverty and and violence
1: well i have a, i have my information here in mexico so far 35.445 has been vaccinated, Um, uh, fully vaccinated. In Guatemala is 15 percent In El Salvador, 52%. Uh, Honduras, 20%. Nicaragua, 4.4% is the country in the region with with less vaccination in all. Costa Rica is 43%. the, The data that I'm giving you is people fully vaccinated. Panama, 51%. Um, yeah in globally in, in the whole world uh, 34% of people have been fully vaccinated yeah the the, vaccine, the vaccines are arriving in little batches i see the president of costa rica with the whole ministry's ministers going to the airport to pick up a donation of 500,000 uh, vaccines for example, for a population of 5 million people plus all the immigrants from other countries. They have Venezuel- Venez- people from Venezuela uh, arriving in Costa Rica. They have people, thousands of people from Nicaragua. And all of them receive a vaccination.
0: Can you explain what, what the system's like down there and why they're having so much trouble getting the vaccines?
1: Well, the first thing is uh, there is no point for all, all of us Canadians or people in United States to be fully vaccinated twice or three times when the rest of the neighbors are not receiving absolutely nothing. What they are in, in Central America, they are depending on donation, on, on charities from other countries to send there whatever they are not using or... That, that uh, pocket of vaccines that the United Nations and the, the WHO organization are distributing to the to the less uh, to the country who have less resources, they, in Costa Rica or another country they are receiving vaccine from Soviet from Russia from uh, from China whatever whatever vaccine they they get, and um, it is not enough for the entire population. And what I see that is really painful for for me to see because I know these people, we have this big, big project in in Guatemala, uh, supporting uh, maternal health, childcare health uh, in Totonicapan. Every day I see in Facebook that one or two doctors die, two nurses, two respiratory uh, uh, technicians, et cetera. Even the people who work for the health system are not being vaccinated. And the one thing is the vaccine. The other, the other issue was the equipment for the doctors or for the people or, or masks for people in, in the community. Uh, that was uh, a year ago a full a full problem. We saw the problem here. I remember because I got my first mask for the for the president of Horizon Board, Dr. Paul Colwell, and it was a mask. Uh, the, that's a volunteer did. This was my, the first mask that I received a year ago in May, and in, in the region was was worse. People wear masks out of socks, out of uh, whatever piece of material they could find, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a big problem because the countries rely on donation, and if if if. If countries uh, hold donations, whole, sorry, hold vaccines for their own citizens, well, the rest of the world is, is not going to be vaccinated.
0: In Canada, we hear a lot about uh, vaccine hesitancy and, and people uh, choosing not to take the vaccine. <laughs> is there any vaccination hesitation in Central America? Well, I
1: have I, 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 I have speak personally through, through WhatsApp with peasants in Nicaragua or in, in, in Guatemala or in Costa Rica. I can give you my example with Costa Rica because I spoke like with 10 different people. They is the same the, the theory that people invent here in Canada that the vaccine have a chip and the 20th of November, the chip is going to make you to explode or the chip is going to you infertile, or the chip is going to change your DNA. And people really believe that. Um, I I was speaking with a woman called Carmen in in the Southern part of Costa Rica. Uh, She basically have one or two years of of school. She's my age, 67, 68. I've been trying to convince her that I got vacuna- vaccinated, nothing happened to me. My mother in Costa Rica, who is diabetic and who have high blood pressure is 93 and she was vaccinated and nothing happened to her. Well, Doña Carmen said to me, no, 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 uh, the, 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 the vaccine has achieved, it's going to destroy it. Well, I spoke with her, she called me a week ago. She got the COVID not non-vaccinated and she almost died. Now she say, no, I'm going to feel much better in a couple of weeks and I'm going to go for my vaccine. Yeah, people take very, very slow decisions and decision based in something that are not science and decision-based thing that the neighbor told her on. She doesn't have WhatsApp or she doesn't have access to, to the internet, but she heard the neighbor saying this and that. This And, and this is all over, the, all over the region.
0: In a recent article in The Lancet, a respected medical journal, it has referred to the situation in Latin America as a humanitarian crisis. Mm-hmm. Is there... Any sense from you as you go forward that things are improving? Are are we are we even moving in the right direction, or or have things just as it just stayed the same over the last eighteen months in terms of all of the things around COVID?
1: Well, the COVID as, as have an effect on our health, but also have an effect on our own economies. And in countries who like Costa Rica, Panama, Guatemala, who live on tourism, tourism have disappeared from, from the region. Because I, I know well that area because at the Horizon of Friendship we do every February these educational tours. And I know drivers all over the region. They haven't received any any anybody. Anybody is going now, there is there was no tourism until more or less May this year, when for example, Costa Rica opened the borders, you don't need a vaccine to show at the airport, you, can, you just can walk there, uh, you need to, to have an insurance. But uh, because of the, the, the poverty has increased because of the, the, the lack of uh, tourism, uh, people cannot work as they were before, and uh, yeah, in, for example, we we support a, an organization in in, um, in Nicaragua who fight for the rights of the workers working in maquila sector. Maquila meaning working pieces of, 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 a, of a vest or stuff like that. Well, the, this company now are moving to to Honduras because it's cheaper. Their the, the workforce is cheaper there instead of paying $100 or $150 a month after working 12 hours a day, where they can pay 80 in Honduras, is cheaper. Then the the, the the working condition are, are worse uh, because of, of the pandemic, but it also the... the the, the lack of jobs, the lack of everything, because the economy has shrink and there is no possible to 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 go outside on the street and work. That, yeah, the, the, the situation is pretty dire. It's pretty bad. The, the pockets of hope that I see is where there are projects, where there is a infusion of some money from the from external money from other NGO like Horizon, where the community have at least have training for years. Our our partners in the the region, we support 12 organizations who work in the seven countries. They have worked with this community for years and the communities are well organized. They know how to do in terms of an emergency. And this is a two year emergency in a row.
0: How has all of this impacted your programs in the region?
1: Well, we do, we do contract with agreements with our partners for two years. When we start 2000, 2020, sorry, in April, this is where our fiscal year start. We have signed in the month of January, February, we have already signed in 2020 contract for two years. Then when the pandemic starts and we have to, we ourselves have to go home that day, the twenty third of March. We start organizing ourselves very fast because some of our staff moved to other, to Hamilton or to other, or Montreal to other places where they have, they can live with their family. We start organizing ourselves, who took us a, a couple of weeks, and um, because we were all also nervous about our own health, our own life. And then we start organizing meetings through Zoom or through WhatsApp with with partners. Not with all of them because, for example, with Nicaragua, it's very difficult to get a hold of the partner because they live very, very far in the Atlantic coast. But yeah, we were having conversation with them and assessing how they were doing and they were like in, 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 in a crisis. And we start working because we have already sent money and we are um, accountable to Revenue Canada and the donors and the foundation. We start looking the budget line by line and seeing what we can change, how we can adjust the budget and also asking permission to the founders, to to the foundation. Can we move this line here to there? Uh, basically, we adjust the program to uh, allow our partners to buy small phones, L- little phones who cost like four dollars. They call the beans for the frijoles, the beans for because they are very small, but they allow them to buy time and to have training with the community, to go to the promoters, to go to the to talk with the people, etc., to buy some masks or for the partners who are Guatemalan. Who have a project with the textiles? They are indigenous Maya Quiche. They start making masks with that, with that, and putting the the pieces of toilet paper inside, like um, like um, like um. Well, I don't remember the word, but but like a uh, to to protect you, but inside the, the mask, the, the, the mask made by textile, and they start distributing things. Then this is a way how each partner change the, the their program. There is partner who were very isolated, for example, in Chiapas, Mexico, these are indigenous, uh, our partner spoke with them, and uh, they already have the seeds, they live in their own plot of land, they could continue doing their work because these projects are self-sufficient. They produce food for their family and, and the community. But for the partner who work in uh, urban areas is we have to adjust the program in a, in a different way. The partners where the, the partner office was closed everybody was working from their home. And uh, we were sharing with, with them what we were doing here uh, and well, I found out where. For, for of course, they didn't receive any support from the government. There was nothing from 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 the government. Uh, in some cases, in Panama and Costa Rica, uh, poor, very very poor family, six seven children and the couple were receiving like a hundred dollars a month to to go by. But that is not not enough. That could probably pay for a week and a half of food. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, we have adjust all the all the projects with with uh, asking permission from the foundations to, to do so. But yeah, in the par- in the places where the, our partners work, uh, they, they, they are doing fine. Um, we the first emergency, really, really bad emergency that we have, it was December 2020 where uh, the, this hurricane, these two hurricanes uh, hit Honduras and, and, and Nicaragua. And I received photos from our partner, the, the office who was made of pieces of stick of woods uh, was completely gone. And, and the, the people and the families and the children were to the wasting water. Um, and yeah, and they, they have lost everything because this community who live near to the ocean, if they survive on fishing and they lost all the fishing gears, they lost everything. Well, we are, we are uh, helping with the, re- we, we never help during the emergency because during an emergency in a community, you can spend a million dollars in two days in bottle of water. We don't have those resources, but we always support during the reconstruction. And we have sent money to rebuild the office and we are now going to have another program to to talk more with the communities about the protection with COVID and distribution of masks and sanitizing products, uh, particularly in that area who don't receive anything from their own government.
0: I know it's really important that you go south to visit these places. And over the pandemic, you have not been able to, to go down and travel. How has that affected what you've been able to do?
1: It it was surreal, to tell you the truth. I I have never lived, I have lived earthquakes, a coup (laughs) d'etat, different things, but never in a situation like this who affect everybody. Um, It was very surreal, Rob, at the beginning. It was like a... Frankly, sometimes I think maybe maybe this this is a bad dream or somebody is going to say oh nothing happened here is a false alarm but it wasn't. But we start having this conversation with the partners. Um, Not in March, we start like in May, uh, receiving some information from the partner in April, but we organize our colleague Laura, she organized the calls with our partners in May. And we were talking with, with, a couple, with all the partners it took us like a three weeks to reach all of them. But um, it was very surreal. And in one way, it create a little bit more work for us because when we go to the field, we visit the community, we interview the community about the project and everything that they have received through our contribution, through our partner. And um, we have a colleague here, Sergio, who is an accountant and he speaks Spanish. He goes there and review all the finances, everything, every check, every invoice, etc. the bank account of the partner. This is part of the transparency and the requirement that we have. And, and the partners are, are quite happy with that. And we couldn't do that. Then we have to, he have to ask the partner to, to scan documents, to to do like an audit, but through Zoom, through through WhatsApp. Um, and th- this is how we have adapted. And, and remember that we were in, in the year four, the final year of our, um, a year ago was a uh, year three, and this was year four of our um, big, big project, fifty million dollar project with GAG uh, with the Global Affairs Canada, and we hired a company in in, um, in Guatemala to go and do an audit of the project. And uh, this colleague Sergio, he did every two today, two times a week meetings with the accountant of our partner with the, the staffing and to review every invoice, everything, because the requirement from GAC, from Global Affairs Canada, very, very strict. And we have to follow to the to the last word. And in, in one way, it creates more work, but uh, it, it also allow us to be creative, to do things in another way with the, with the same results. And, but I really miss the, the visit to go to the communities to see how they are doing. I really miss that the human aspect. And we try to, to replace that human aspect through meeting with Zoom. We, we, we usually use WhatsApp. This is very common and it's free. And I have a meeting with Rodalina, for example, the head of Amica, the, the partner in the Atlantic Coast where she was showing me with her Found the devastation in that area, or we have well, the same we use with other partners. But it, it took us. a uh, has been difficult, and this is what I can tell you. Said to you, and but we are following real good protocols. We don't feel at this time that is um, that is safe still to go to certain countries. If if, if we see that Guatemala have a 40, 15% of their population vaccinated, we cannot send our staff there, it's, it's not possible. And we really follow the interaction of, our, of the president of the board, Dr. Paul Colwell. He, he is very good in what he helped us. He always said to me, if you go to another country, you have to see first what happened here in Canada and what happened in the country that you are going, and how many times you are going to move in that country. And yeah, with with that assessment, it's better not to go so, so far. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been has uh, a team, we have four people working on the program. We have discussed different aspects, all of us. When we have when we reach or one partner or a, or a, or a community member reaches me, for example, I share my information with the whole team for everybody to be aware what's going on. But yeah, it's, it's it's a completely different world.
0: One of your signature programs is the Maternal Health and Child Health Project. You've mentioned it a couple of times. How is it faring? I, I know that the Pan American Health Organization has expressed concern about children being immunized not just for COVID but for other diseases as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, this the, this information that I'm going to give you is not just for the Guatemalan project, but for the other the other partners that I have spoke in Costa Rica or Panama, uh, because of the of the. All the things that we have learned to sanitize, to clean our hands, etc., a lot of the gastrointestinal diseases that kill children in the region have been almost wiped up or diminished quite a bit. Um, That that is a a good outcome. Also, like cold and other stuff, other diseases, other sickness have been uh, decreased also. But with this particular project, eh, and we were talking about this in the team the other day, like a, like something like um, a, a, a result, non-expected result, when we were equipping the hospital in Totonicapan, that is where the project focused. We noticed because we visit all the all the hospitals and we noticed that eh, they use tanks of oxygen for newborns, et cetera. And the doctor told us, well, you know, sometimes we don't have enough oxygen. Sometimes we don't have this. I'm talking about 2017, 2016. We don't have enough oxygen or maybe uh, they don't deliver on time. And um, we arrived to the decision that it will be good to to have oxygen. Um, I cannot explain the medical term, but. Like a, like a long supply of oxygen, and have um, uh, to do like they they were building rebuilding part of the hospital to put um, like a um, reservoir, let's say, of oxygen with tubes to different uh, rooms. Well, those things are been helping now with thousands of people who are using the hospital. The hospital is incredibly well equipped. I can tell you, I have I have. Speak with people who live, let's say, like let's say the hospital that we are supporting is in Coburg. I have seen people who live in Mississauga or in Kingston or further in Cornwall coming to the hospital because the hospital now have a reputation that they have everything. It's a first world hospital. And this hospital is, is looking after thousands of people who have COVID, they have medicine, they have, they have everything and mostly they have oxygen, who is, who is what we need when people are in bad condition. But um, the, 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 the hospital also have to adapt the procedures there. Uh, we we don't we don't have control of that because they work on that with the minister of of, of uh, health there, but they in the last year they were requesting more and more equipment and more and more medicine related with COVID. Because there were women from afar in the communities coming, they were pregnant, they were uh, with high blood pressure, and ha- they have COVID. They have to have the equipment, and we have a, with with permission from from the government, we have changed, uh, adapt the program to to that. But yeah, the this is this is in in that particular country and do that that particular project. The other thing, the we train during that project a thousand uh, midwives, and those midwives are truly, truly trained, and they go to the community with masks, with everything, to train people in the community how to proceed with the baby, with the woman who is pregnant, or the, with the the, 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 the adult, the, the the older people, how to look after them, how to look after people who have COVID, etc., and how to report to the to the Police or to the com- community members uh, in 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 their faraway community when somebody is really sick or when somebody is die dying when somebody died. What are the protocols? And they are doing an incredible work uh, on that regard.
0: You've talked about the dire situation with COVID and then the compounding factors of Hurricane uh and Iota, but I, I would like to know. Financially, are you getting the support Horizons needs?
1: Well, in, incredible. You know, when uh, people ask me how many donors, people think maybe we have thousands of donors. We don't have. We have 150 monthly donors. Monthly donors mean people who donate between $5, maybe $100, uh, a $100 a month. We, we deduct that from their car or their the visa card or they send their check every month. We have very few, and this is the only cash flow that we have. We, we are using an endowment fund that Horizon have to, to send more money to the field. We, we saw an attrition a year ago in the 2020 from foundation. Usually foundation starts sending some money to us after we send a proposal and we give a good report. Like in May, June, the funds came in October, November in 2000. They were very delayed. They were delayed because they they the same that they, they are volunteers, they couldn't meet. And um, donors have been very, very this these donors who are monthly or occasional donors have been generous to us. Uh, yeah, but but we have to decrease also the amount of money that we send to the partners. We were sending before 70000 dollars a year. Now we're sending twenty, uh, in because there is no more more resources. Uh, but but yeah, we have other other the, the big project finished. We don't have any support now from the government. Uh, with the government money, we we send money to the field, but also we keep some money here for overhead expenses. That money is gone, uh, but but yeah, we we the store, for example, we have some our own project here to bring money. We we did these educational tours. The educational tours have been uh, not we, I haven't done that during the past two years, and I I don't think we will do it in February 2022, I'm not sure about about that, probably not. Our shop, who also bring money to the organization, was closed from March 23rd to August a year ago, and then was closed again from December 2020, 2020 to August 2021. And then, yeah, all the resources are shrinking, we keep our writers and friends via Zoom. That was a, an incredible thing to do with support of a local organization. And this year we are going to do also again uh, that brings some money. But yeah, we have a, because because staff also have been working from home, there is some expenses decreasing electricity, in heating, etc. Yeah, we are we are looking every piece of the budget in order to save some money. But uh, yeah, the 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 we need frankly more monthly donors, and we need more people to be aware of what Horizon does. This organization has been here almost fifty years. We will be fifty years old in two thousand and twenty-three, and there is still people who don't know why. What do we do? They know Horizon because of the shop, second we have a second-hand store. But this is a. a a portion of what we do, what we do is incredible it's throughout seven countries in, re, in the region. This year we spent more than $2 million in projects in the field, plus our we are very proud to have this Canadian pro- project in our community with the migrant workers and uh, supporting the migrant workers and creating awareness of what migrant workers do in, in Canada in general. Yeah, but, but yeah, we, we do need resources, and we have learned also to do many things with very little. And this is, this is how we do things. Sometimes, sometimes you don't need money to do, to do things. You need your will and your grit That is and your stamina.
0: What is your strategic direction as an organization going forward? Uh, what will be the long-term impacts of all of this in the future?
1: Well, we are now with the board and with an external support of a a friend of Horizon who live in in Toronto. We are embarking now in our five-year strategic planning, uh, five years 2022 to 2027. And we are in that process. The board have um, a retreat in November, and we are going to present the, the plan. Uh, the plan is still in the in the making from input from the partners in the south, from uh, staff or volunteers, and from the board. And um, basically, Horizon has been doing something that is is still vital. Who is and is not is not passé composé or like all that you have to discharge. We have been working com- supporting community development programs in Central America, where the partners tell us what they need. We don't go from the North to tell them you need this and that because those things don't work. Um, It it have to come from the community. And also we have cycles, cycles of support. We said development takes time to develop a community, to, 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 to strengthen a community. Um, and uh, we support partners for 10-15 years in some cases. And we support a small organization who do good work. They know how to do it. But they, they are small. And then through our support and through through our financial support and also to through um, in institutional strengthening who we do with them, with the partner, this organization increased. And then we have some organization in the past in El Salvador who have more money than Horizon. But when we took them, they, were, they didn't have even a filing cabinet. And this is the cycle that we have. And I think that is still pertinent, that is still work. Uh, I hope Horizon will continue and I think they will. Continue working in that way. Also, we wanted to, we have proved that we are capable, that we have the, the strength, the, the, the institutional strength, and uh, in procedures that the board members have helped us to create. For example, uh, an, a local accountant, uh, Mike Dupuy, he helped us to create procedures for the $15 million project uh, accounting procedures, uh, procedures about buying merchandise. Uh, doing um, a, a, a putting a, yeah, buying merchandise in the like merchandise for a million dollar in the field etc and, and and all the procedures to do that and um yeah we we, we, we hope that uh, we haven't participated now in any call for proposal from the government because they, they are not called for proposal at this point who will be suitable for horizon or our partners but we are working on a, on a proposal to, to be presented at some point. And we hope that we still be, be allowed to be awarded with, with a proposal from the governor at some point. Yeah, that is, that is how I see Horizon going forward. Also, the other thing that I've been very successful and show transparency is for us not to talk about them don't we want them the them the one who live afar come here to Canada and talk with the people and show their own voice and explain their own program. We have this program since since the 80s to bring one year, one time a year, a partner from the south to do a tour locally, et cetera, and to educate Canadians. That program is still on for us. We haven't been able to do it in the past two years, but but we will continue with that. And also the other good program that we have and we will continue is educating Canadians on what happened beyond our border. What 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 happened there in the places where most of us can go for vacation or to buy craft or jewelry. Uh, Yeah, what 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 is the reality there Uh, And that is our educational tours.
0: In the face of all of this, how do you remain positive?
1: Well, because I see the pocket of, of hope. If I didn't see anything, and if I see everybody depressed and, and, and waiting for the end of the world, well, I, I, would, I don't know what I will do because I'm always optimistic. But I'm most optimistic in this line of work and working with Horizon because I have seen people who wanted to live, who wanted to make the best thing for their children, for their families, and, and this is something that it, it came from, some people think from God, from mother nature, from well, it's a virus, wherever it came, doesn't matter. But it's something that we're intelligent, we have science, we, and, and we are going to overcome this. And But I see the pocket of hope, I see the people rehabilitating their community. I learned a lot about this this Rodalina or or Doris from from Amica, from this partner who barely speak Spanish. They speak Spanish like me speaking English, a broken language, because they speak their own own language, Mayanga. And, And with the water to their waist, with the dog floating and the pig floating around them with their children, uh, they, they, they need little bit, a little bit of support to rebuild their houses and continue living. That is, that is the spirit of the human being. And that is something that is very, very difficult to suppress.
0: Patricia Robidello, thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much.
0: That was my interview with Patricia Robidello, Executive Director of Horizons of Friendship. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County, so please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com, or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast, or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider That's consider And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.